What does it mean to connect to your future at Lake Michigan College? They connect you to your future opportunities. They partner with local industries and employers, ensuring their programs align to the needs of the community's workforce. Lake Michigan College can help you get to the future you want. Visit lakemichigancollege.edu. It's time for Always Learning with our friends from Barry and Risa. And we have Barry and Risa Superintendent Eric Hops- Eric Hopstock joining me. Eric, how are you? Good. How are you, Johnny? I'm doing great. I always uh, like chatting with you and learning more about uh, Barry and Risa and really just education as a whole and the, the, you know, the entire landscape of things you guys do uh, sort of behind the scenes. You don't, you don't always see the Barry and Risa, even though I, I drive by every day to your main office, but you guys do a lot of things behind the scenes with, um, with education and helping a lot of various school districts. Let's talk a little bit about the sort of the lay of the land and, and some of the students and things that you serve here in Berrien County. First off, how many students are there in Berrien County across uh, these various school districts? Yeah, we serve about 24,000 students in wow. Berrien County. And that is always, I tell people, you know, you've seen radar, the weather radar that always yeah. swings in a circle. And there are certain areas that just don't get touched it feels like Berrien County is that way. When you when you start in Lansing is the center of our state, we're this southwest corner that people are always shocked when I said, yeah, we serve about 23,000, 24,000 students. And they're like, that's as big as the Kalamazoo area. Sure. Yeah. Um, and we have 19 total entities that are providing educational services. Uh, 13 of those are the traditional K-12 public education. Uh, we have four kindergarten to eight. Two of those are public school. Two of those are private school academies. Okay. Uh, we have one private school academy that's K-12. We have another one that just opened last year that serves just high school students. And so that makes up our 19 entities. And uh, we serve all of those. So there are districts as small as our K-8s that are right around 70, 78 students, all the way up to a little over 3,500 um, in wow. one of our districts. Now, you mentioned that that new school the, that serves the, the, the high school. Where, where, where is that community? Yeah, that, that is actually in the Benton Harbor area. Okay. Uh, it is partnered with Conexus. It is the Bridge Academy oh, of Southwest yeah. Michigan. And they um, have opened in just the last year with a specific design toward those students that are what I call the non-traditional student. They, they've dropped out. They don't seem to be following the traditional route, but we still want to give them an option so that they can get an education, graduate, and have functional uh, job skills. So Conexus provides um, services to about, I think their headcount is around, around 90 sure. some odd students this past year. Yeah, you don't always uh, realize how many of the school districts that are in the county. And, you know, for me and uh, my job, the only time I really notice and think about all of them is when there's winter school closings and things like yep. that. And I'm like, oh, wait, I forgot that school was around. But uh, you you guys uh, work with a, a lot of those school districts. And uh, with that, um, are all the schools kind of structured the same way? I mean, you mentioned some private, some some K through eight, some K twelve. But uh, how are things uh, when you're working with these school districts? Every school district is kind of different, right? It is. I mean, it's if you have children 
and you have more than one in your family, I always tell people, no two children are the same in the family. And they're, oh, yeah, you're right. right. It is the same with our local school districts. Every community in our area has its own personality. And matter of fact, if you drive through communities and you look at water towers, what do you see painted on water towers? It's usually the mascot of the local school district. True. And it, it, it is the identity. So every school district is a little bit different. They have little uh, different drives, different student uh, makeups. And so Berrien County really is a great cosmopolitan of the entire state. Um, if you think about it, we have very rural districts, we have suburban districts, we have some more urban feels. Uh, we have some that have uh, are well financed and some not so much and mm -hmm. have some issues that we have to fight through, just like any other district. Um, so they are very different. But then we have public school academies. I mean, one of the sort of an interesting factoid is when ISDs came into existence, there was really a trend toward consolidating school districts. It mm -hmm. really went back to the turn of the, of the century in the early 1900s. They were taking all these one-room schoolhouses and consolidating them and mashing them into sure. districts. So we had 308 singles combined into 61. And so you had 800 school districts in the middle of the century. And really in the 50s and 60s, it was down to about 500 and then this thing called public school academies was really introduced a, a few later, and we're now back mm -hmm. up to about 800 districts. Wow. So um, it, it is the ebb and flow. Things change. Um, so we have four public school academies in Berrien County. Wow, that's amazing. And and can you see uh, that consolidating even more or more of these sort of academies kind of starting to, to pop up in, in certain areas? And I, I anticipated that question, Johnny. So we went back to the archives and dusted off, you know, back when we actually printed off things in paper sure, sure. and submitted them to the states. And I was shocked that in the 60s and 70s, we had 45,000 students in Bering County. Wow. That's almost twice yeah. what we have today. And then where it really began to drop was in the late 70s and through the 80s. And I'm thinking, what happened in Bering County? That's when a lot of the businesses that are now torn down or don't no mm -hmm. longer exist started to leave the area, started to shutter the shops, um, and that really impacted our county. And so if you think of that slow, steady bleeding of students, not only in Bering County, but in mm -hmm. Michigan, it will put pressure on districts to start asking the question, at what point have we lost enough students that it makes more sense that we start talking about merging or consolidating with a nearby district. Those are tough conversations because mm -hmm. as we started, those communities have identities. So sure. well, what are we going to be? You know, what's the mask guy going to be? What's our identity going to be? But those are legitimate conversations I foresee in the future, unless there is a trend reversal in Michigan mm -hmm. and there is an infusion of business and therefore bringing families and students in and we start going the other way, that that is a question um, that will have to be answered by uh, communities. And unfortunately, probably not in the near future, not the distant future. We'll have to start sure. having those conversations. Yeah, and it'll be interesting because I know I uh, where I grew up, there was a school near, we were a fairly small school and there was another school nearby and you see that a lot, but you don't see as much of those uh those consolidations uh, happening too much uh, in recent past, but uh, it, it has happened 
uh, in some of those areas. And I have seen some of those, like you said, that like Bridge Academy and some of these other sort of academies yeah. and, and local and, schools and, happening. Yeah. People tend to forget there was Galeen Township Schools. That I remember was, that. Was closed and that was redistrict, you know, and we, and that was one of the functions of an ISD, not a fun one. But sure. if a district closes, you have to redistrict. In other words, what's the dividing line going to be? And the district was split between River Valley and Buchanan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was an interesting time. I remember I was actually in school at that time when uh, when that happened. And it was interesting even for the students to and families to be able to kind of reroute and relocate to uh, those different school districts. So I know there's a, there's a lot more involved when all of that, uh, but tell me a little bit more about the difference of uh, local control versus, say, county and state control. Tell me about that. It, it, it's an interesting thing. We we it's almost like with great pride, this is a local control sure. situation. But if you really look at Michigan and how it was structured, right in the inception of the state, there were things like county superintendents, township superintendents, and really the centralizing of school finance happened in 1994 when we have proposal a so while we make some decisions locally we have local school boards michigan is really a centralized state in a number of ways and one is just how we finance schools Uh, we have capped the ability to go out and get certain funds Um, there's really only a few areas if i'm going to build a building if i'm going to start a votech center if i'm going to raise the funds for Mm -hmm. special education or an enhancement millage that's about the only control we have left everything else is really centrally uh, controlled so within those controls we're making all kinds of decisions but we really don't have total independence on what we do relative to education we're talking with Eric Hopstock. He's a superintendent for Barry and Reese. Uh, tell me a little bit more about what's the uh, the interplay with the all these entities to really educate our children, because obviously that's a pretty important thing. Yeah, in you know one of our our mission statement is optimize student outcomes through collaboration and transformation. And when you're in a situation like ours, where not all districts can afford all services, it really forces you to do the next best thing, which is how do we collaborate together to provide high quality services for one another? So we do that in some ways to say, hey, wait a minute, if I have a payroll person, I can do three districts. And can we share the cost of doing that payroll person? Mm -hmm. That optimizes the outcomes for everybody involved. How do we do professional development in a collective way? Maybe I can bring in somebody and split the cost. So it is a way of taking all these different entities, different sizes, and still getting real high-quality outcomes for our kids. Wonderful. We're always learning with our friends from Barry and Risa. And, uh, Eric, if we want to learn more about all those great things that you guys do uh, and all the different departments and things that kind of happen behind the scenes uh, in our various communities – uh, where can we learn more about Barry and Risa? Go to our website, barryandrisa.org. If you have a specific question, just info at barryandrisa.org, and it'll get to the person it needs to get to to answer your question. 